Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're cool or hot. From I saw it to maybe not, we're, it's all been, can you imagine, those are actual titles, I saw it and maybe not. I love there's one called Maybe Katie and one called Maybe, maybe not. not. Well, it, it, that deep into your oeuvre, you have to like name something over and over again. <laughs> I find that like when naming stories and stuff on my, t- on my when, when I'm writing, yeah. like, I'm like, oh God, I just don't, I don't like naming things. It's so hard. So I'm just like, why don't I just name it the same as, I'm <laughs> name all my stories exactly the same. I wish it had been called Maybe Katie 2, colon, maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> that would have been a way better title. <laughs> We're It's All Been Done, the podcast. Nothing's ever good enough to shake him from complacency. It's my co-host ever, ever, ever. Oh no, I'm having a stroke. Evan. <laughs> and if he's a genie. I set free, and by the laws of things like that, he's indebted to me. I'd wish for this podcast. Hey! It's my co-host, Sakling. Uh, Sakling? Sakling? <laughs> Striking? Oh, Saker. I feel like this is going to be a um, like 1 a.m. Saturday record, <laughs> even yeah. though it is, in fact, 12 p.m. Saturday record. <gasps> we never record uh, on Saturdays. This yeah. is not our usual gig. My November is packy. Yeah, we're Sunday boys. Pac-Man. But uh, we've had... Because uh, it's God's Day. <laughs> it's God's Day. <laughs> and we like to we like to revere God by recording Bernie Bernie Good Ladies Bernie. podcast. Yeah. I mean, he's a constant listener. Which is why today we're going to get a little loosey-goosey. We're not going to praise God as we always do on this <laughs> podcast. This one goes out to Satan. <laughs> I think we just lost all of our listeners. Just kidding. Do you think there's a big crossover between Bare Naked Ladies and religious people? Um, I feel like maybe because like weirdly, I feel like they are a wholesome ba- band, even though they talk a lot about like being in shitty relationships and their names are the bare naked ladies. And like, they do not yeah, I praise feel like, God. I know you don't have to praise God to have people. Like, uh, I feel of like course most, not. most religious people are quietly religious and don't try and push their shit on anyone. Yes. I and agree. I feel like that's the people who would like bare naked ladies. People like the people who don't take, I mean, who take their religion seriously, but not like to the point where they're screaming at somebody on the street about, you know, abortion or something like that. Sure. Um, Not religious right is what I'm talking about. (laughs) Because the name Bare Naked Ladies would just turn them off in general. I don't think they would ever listen to it. Yeah. Got a lot of stories about kids who couldn't listen to the Bare Naked Ladies because that was their name. What did the parents think was going to happen listening to a band called Bare Naked Ladies? Take off all your clothes. Sure. Maybe they thought it was just pornographic music. Just Waka Chicka 70s porn (laughs) music. (laughs) Do you think there's a band out there that still does 70s porn bass lines? 100%. That's there is no gig. fucking doubt in my mind. What's the name of that band? Uh, s- slow Grind. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> sure, I love Slow Grind. Slow Grind and the Blinders. So, slow Grind and the, and the Sloppy the s- Blinders. The Slingin' Dingers. <laughs> uh, the Sloppy Blinders is pretty good. Not sure what it means, but... Roast Beef and the Hot Dogs. Now that's something I can get behind. <laughs> Roast beef is great. Can we just agree on that premise? Yeah, yeah. Of all the meats. Of all the meats? I like beef the best. Really? Yeah. I think I'm a chicken boy. Although you can dry out chicken. Yeah. Well, you can dry it, out beef. I mean, chicken's a more versatile meat, I think. I think it goes with more, but like, always going to pick beef over chicken. Tr- truly, what would you lump bacon, ham, and pork under pork? Yeah. Okay, then pork is my favorite meat. I'm not a bacon boy. I don't like the salt, super salty stuff. I love super salty. I get it. I get. It. I think we've talked about this before. Have we? I feel like we've exhausted yeah, literally. It's like naming, it's like naming our <laughs> naming our song maybe Katie two. two. Maybe not. 
Mini Where? Katie colon two, but the two is T O O. Wait, the colon comes before the yes. two. So maybe Katie colon two. And then colon two, the sure. Roman numeral. Aqua Teen Hunger Force, the movie colon movie film for theaters. Colon Hanzo the Razor, the Snare, colon Hobgoblin <laughs> two. Who's got the gold? <laughs> Who's got my gold? Who's got the gold? Ev, do we just want to get into it today? Yeah, let's, let's just All right. plow on in. <laughs> just like roast beef and the hot dogs. Our song that's their week. first. That's their first hit. Plow on in. Plow on, on in, in by roast beef. That's my slow grind in the sloppy blinders. Slow that's the, the collab song between the two bands. <laughs> Our song this week is called Upside Down. And if you've never heard it before, here's a quack sample. I'm not surprised it's come to this. Sooner or later, there must be another elbow. Yeah? I will not turn my whole life upside down. What do you think? Of, is this the first time uh, you've heard this song? I know everything to everyone was not your total jam. Tale. Tale of the tape. Um, I was in high school when I first heard this song. Oh. Uh, late high school. I probably would have been a senior about maybe junior was this 2001 uh 2003 oh okay shit then i was it was probably i was a freshman in college then about mm-hmm. that point so i must have heard it in a dining hall or something and i heard this song come over the campus radio sure you were in shively uh no i was in jefferson sure okay got um, it jefferson was great south green yeah okay no no it was east green east green that's right Fuck. East Green feeling mean. <laughs> As we always said, <laughs> West Green feeling mean, South Green feeling <laughs> mean. mean. We should have rhymed with the other word. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> but yeah, this song came over the radio and I'm like, man, this song's a bop. I love it. I fucking love it. And this, I went to the college like in the early days of the internet, like, and I wasn't a Napster boy, so I didn't really have access to things like that. So I fucking love this song. I spent, I want to say a solid day like or several days looking on the internet for who sang this song like, really yeah like i fucking loved this song and i've been searching for, not really searching for it like i forgot about it a week later yeah. like, <laughs> after desultorily searching the my like pre but when you heard it again neg- did it yeah i was like this is the song really i did not know it was a bare naked lady song oh my god yeah and i'm like it came back to me like i won't turn my whole life upside <laughs> down to look for this song will i have this podcast finally brought you something good and joyful <laughs> I know. It, I'm so, I'm ebullient. I mean, look at my face. I'm like a little boy again. <laughs> this is the happiest. Like, I am excited for you. I've never Yeah, been... so I found this. This is a, this is a long lost uh, favorite song of mine. Oh my from God. like my freshman year of college. That's fucking crazy. And I didn't know it was BNL. Wow. Like, and Steven's voice is so singular. I don't know how I ever put, how I didn't put two and two together, but didn't. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. So listening to it again, did it transport you right back to Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I was eating like infinite waffles in <laughs> Jefferson dining room. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay, that's cool. So uh, safe to assume that uh, your first impression of this was pretty positive. Absolutely. All right. Love this song, buddy. Tudor boy. Yeah, absolutely. I Again, this was everything to everyone was a constant jam for me in college. And this song, just like, I think it faded into the background a lot for me when I listened to the album. But boy, oh boy, did it pop for mm-hmm. me this time. I was very, very surprised by this song. Scott started off 
goofball intro. Yeah. Love these goofball intros. Celebrity's got one. Maybe Katie's got one. This one's got one. Yeah, I'm a string lover, and it's got this cool sort of tango intro. It's like a, it's like chamber, doo doo doo, chamber music. Well, it's, a ta- or it's the beginning of a tango, basically. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So like you see like somebody with a rose in their teeth dancing with some guy in real tight pants. Yeah. Okay. And I then can see um, that. yeah, it was great. Like it. This is you know how I said like it's not it's not appropriation if they do it if you do it well this is that this is, this that. is that okay I, I hate box set love it here <laughs> I hate you I, I I don't I remember this song I think about this song sometimes but when I think about it I never remember the intro that part is so removed from the song mm. itself because does the actual song have strings There's a little bit in there I yeah think. okay but, I mean the song for me mostly it has like Kev's keyboard amazing. Yeah, and he's like the thing is like I see him playing this keyboard, and you know how like the in the aughts and whatnot, like the little fucking Kawasaki keyboards have all the little like wind chimes. Yeah, doodly yeah, doo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's just like hundred different. Settings. He's just like hitting them with his free hand. <laughs> he's like he's like fucking calliope. Oh, so he man. like puts it on calliope. It's something like doo, doo, doodly, yeah, doo, doo, doo. like it's oh, fucking God. great. Oh my God, this truly like this song just does it. I hear. Okay, Jesus Christ. I can't even compose my thoughts. Like, they're the chorus to this song. I feel like this song doesn't even need a chorus. If this song were 10 minutes long and it were just random verses and it changed the whole time, like, uh-huh. this is a weird song because I feel like it doesn't need that second chorus. It doesn't need a chorus at all. Like if it never repeated anything, I feel like it would almost be more on brand for this song. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, this song, it just, it was really interesting that they also like musically, they, they don't really harmonize so much as like echo or replicate the vocals, which is really fun. And I, I feel like this, the things I, the only things I didn't like about King of Bedside Manor, like the cartoon noises and stuff. Yeah. Like this is, that but perfected yeah like they've done it like that chipmunk voice that comes in uh, uh, yeah <laughs> the chipmunk voice that comes in like yeah that's good that's good I, yeah. it shouldn't be it shouldn't be good but it is it's jarring yes. like it shocked me when i heard it again that whole verse like it, also it's hard to understand that verse. Yes. it's just very strange it's obfuscated why why is it hard to why why would they do that and why does it work like nothing in this song makes sense to me but it all kind of works um yeah i i 100 agree with yeah, you like listening to this like broke through my like protective shell of millennial <laughs> irony and i was like no i love this song truly and deeply <laughs> Me too uh yeah this is a i wrote this song is a goddamn tour de force i tried to write notes and was just left in the dust like yeah. i was writing my first note and the song ended and i was like that was three minutes <laughs> like this song just passes you by because there's so much going on the pace is so frenetic yeah, it's so good yeah it oh boy this is definitely on my this is definitely on my like playlist this is a rare song so this is putting it, it on there it bothers yeah. me so much that your playlist is like a bunch of frenetic my jams playlist and is, then it, <laughs> my sun. playlist is hidden sun king of bedside manor straw hat old dirty hank alcohol upside down maybe katie those are my those are my Jesus. songs and then probably uh 
mag- or vanishing when God, we get to it. If you liked Hidden Sight, you're gonna love War on Drugs next week. I'm so excited for you to get there because they're oh, kind of yeah. they're similar songs. So yeah, I'm sure they're exactly. I the think same. you're gonna like it. Um, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like on some sections of the song. I truly couldn't even figure out what instruments were being played because like, well, like, yeah, I, th- I thought it was just the, the synthesizer and he just keeps hitting the different things. I think he's legitimately playing an accordion. I'm sure at one point. Okay. Yeah. Is. Yeah. But I think there's also synth. There's a lot oh, of synths yeah. in there. Yeah. Tons of synth noises. Yeah. I just, I wish there were credits for this album. I want to know what, yeah, was I know going what on. instruments are played on it, but I don't know which tracks they're on. There. Right. Yeah. And I feel like this one would be a paragraph long. Yeah. It truly would. Um, uh, even the guitar solo, like, Ed came in and I'm like, no, no, this is not going to be a fucking one note guitar solo. Then he pulls it out. He's yes. like, bling, 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 bling. <laughs> Look, and then he starts like bending the pitch of that yeah. one note. Like, <laughs> and like, it's a mix between like surf rock and like the sort of like. Uh, I don't even know how you would define like uh, uh, what's that Beatles song like uh, within you without you like that pitch bending sort of like Indian-esque uh, yeah. music <laughs> like uh-huh. it's like sort sitar. of sitar yeah sitar music like it's just a weird fucking combo this yeah. song came out of nowhere this song you're in a dark alley and it comes out of the darkness. It fucking hits you in the face like 70 times and then puts money in your wallet and then walks away. Take care of yourself, bud. It's the opposite of a mugging. <laughs> like it just, it's crazy. All right, it comes out of the thing and lets you hit it and then puts money. Sure. That's the opposite of a mugging. <laughs> yeah, okay, you're I right. I need you to punch me in the face. I'll pay you $300. <laughs> That's the opposite of a mugging. Yeah, okay, you're right, you're right. But I do feel like I was beat up by this song. I feel like by yeah. the time this song ended, I was out of breath. <laughs> like... Lucky it, we can just listen to another fifty times. <laughs> like there are a few songs on the that that we just keep like I keep doing happily, and this is one of them. I mean, this album plops. Like ETE E2E might be my favorite BNL album. It I'm, plops AF. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited to get to the. This end is plopping. This, this is plopping jams. <laughs> it truly does. Plop. I go. I go plop when I shop. I go plop. When I... <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Uh. So there's so 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 much going on on here. I have so many notes for this. Uh. That. Can you imagine a version of this song without the chamber music? If it just launched off with like, I'm not surprised it's come to prayer. <laughs> like, yeah. it amazes me that there's not, that's not what they did. Right? Like, because that's such, for a frenetic song, mm-hmm. to have it just like start off with Steve just screaming at us would have made total sense. Well, that's shopping though. Uh, is it? What's the first line of sh- Oh, you know that? No, because it... Like, shopping's got that intro as well. Oh, yeah. This one... must be an Enielo thing. Yeah. We're going to need a a slightly... Like, an intro bridge. We're going to need 15 seconds of something unrelated to the song. I'll set the metronome. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? Why? And why does it work? The silence, the terror as your mom comes downstairs. They do have a long history of garbage that's It's honest. It's honest. Like I the 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 alternate version of the song is intriguing to me, where the, the the hypothetical alternate version that starts with just Steve yelling, you know what I mean? Uh, I think that could have been almost better. When I resequence, mm-hmm. am I allowed to make edits of songs? I, I, think, I did for Hidden Song. Yeah, actually. I think you are allowed to do whatever you allow yourself to do, <laughs> right? I suppose I cannot argue that. Um, yeah, I love, I love, love, love the accordion in this song. I love when it kind of like duets with the guitar at mm-hmm. some point. It's weird to hear accordion 
being the lead instrument in a song that isn't a Weird Al song. Yeah. <laughs> like, accordion's a great instrument. It really is. It needs to get more play. It, it surprises me how versatile it was in this song because it's not it's not supplementing anything Mm -hmm. it's like standing out in front like boldly and just kicking ass which is which is what i think about whenever i think of kevin (laughs) boldly in front kicking ass (laughs) boldly kicking ass is kevin kevin's like kevin's actually like standing quietly in the back kicking ass yeah yeah like yeah, that's true. He doesn't front, but man, he brings it. He brings it. He rolls deep. Sure. He saw speaks softly and carries a big accordion. Accordion. Thank you. Um, Carry a big synth. I think uh, the vocal doubling on the Andy Warhol verse, mm-hmm. again, something that shouldn't work because Steve is singing normal and then some, maybe it's Ed in the background is, I'm not surprised it's coming. Like, yeah. <laughs> or whatever the lyric is. Like, uh, yeah, though I appreciate the aim. Like, mm-hmm. just saying it in his most boring voice possible. Though I appreciate the aim. Tell Andy Warhol's ghost that he can keep his fame. I'd only use it to make everything the same again. Fucking... It yeah. plops. <laughs> yeah, it plops. This is a plopper. And Kevin, especially on that section, he is going nuts. This whole album is kind of like very video gamey, mm-hmm. I thought. Because we have like video game parts on um, uh, testing one, two, three. There's some blippity bloops. Yeah, and, and like I ascribe that to Kevin's influence. But the thing is like on his solo stuff, there's not that much of that. Yeah. How, did you listen to a lot? I haven't listened I've to I've listened to lot. some of it. Like okay. it's, it's mostly, I mean... If you've listened to Born Human and Hidden Sun, you yeah. know what Kevin does. Yeah. Like, that's his thing. Sad. Like, uh, uh, yeah. I went to the cathedral weird. and in the mirror I saw myself. <laughs> like, stuff like, you know, just that. Like, that's that's Kevin. And it's weird that, like, in the admixture of the Bare Naked, la- of Bare Naked Ladies, he transforms into something slightly different than what he does live, which is yeah. cool. Which I, I think I talked about on White Noise, the... Mm-hmm. the, the Putting them together in this vichyssoise changes each of them in a way that makes them better. I agree. It's and it, but it's so weird because it does. Not only does it enhance them, right? Enhance. It pluses them up, but it changes them. Steve's solo stuff doesn't sound like what he does with Bare Naked Ladies, mm-hmm. right? Kev's solo stuff doesn't sound like what he does with Bare Naked Ladies. So well, it's it kind of does actually. I, when the stuff he takes the lead on it doesn't sound like when he's when he's a a co-writer yeah i guess the only stuff that i've heard from him is stuff that he then covered like born human mm. or whatever um but yeah i don't know it's just it's weird it's weird what this band does to people <laughs> it changes them in a, in a, in a good way for it better yeah. yeah just like in our real lives you and i are both really boring uninteresting people and then as soon as we get next to each other on this podcast it makes us annoying you know, yeah. <laughs> and insufferable <laughs> yeah absolutely i've got viewpoints on things that i don't know anything about <laughs> uh, what's the reasoning do you think in that verse do you think there's a diegetic reasoning behind one person being excited and one person being i think oh. they were just playing with sound yeah right me too i feel like this song especially even though the messaging in this song is interesting i feel like they just picked one song and they were like this song let's just fuck it like just go fucking crazy like be as weird as we want to they kind of did that on shopping too like they just kind of amped it up to a hundred yeah and you think shopping would be a safer song to do it on because the messaging is a lot less yeah i mean and and like I, I shouldn't like the like disconnect between the style and the thing and like the fr- the the energy of the song and the subject matter. Yeah, it's just about a guy who doesn't want to do anything. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so like, 
I mean, it's a funny, interesting thing, and it's not. It doesn't fall into any of their like traps. Like, it's not about a bad boyfriend. It's not about feeling sad that yeah. you know you're an artist. It's not about just something silly. Yeah. Right. It like eating too much food. Yeah. <laughs> like it's about. I mean, speaking of weird this songs. is this is sort of like a spiritual successor to what's that? The one with uh, falling for the not falling for the first time. Um, too little, too late. I'm the window washer, afraid of. Oh, heights. when I fall. When I fall. Yeah. Sorry, I've listened to just too many songs. Yeah. <laughs> so this is just sort of a song that we're like, what if we write a song about a guy who doesn't want to do anything? God, what do we make it all about that? They should have called "When I Fall" falling for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. They need to do more sequel songs, like a reverse sequel, a though. reverse uh, a prequel. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, yeah. So this is. I mean, there's not much to it. Yes. And the, the lyrics are the same as like the lyrics are they're all hitting on the, they're all ringing the same bell but they do it in funny and yeah. sort of clever ways yeah a, a song about a man who is so afraid to do anything to upset the status quo that various things happen to him right like he loses his love perhaps um that's kind of what i got from it did mm-hmm. you get that as well yeah i don't think he ever had a love in the first place oh uh, okay yeah i see the, from that first verse um you know i'm not surprised to come to this sooner or later there must be another's kiss behind that kiss a promise of a life of bliss um Oh, yeah, great. I won't be taking the bait. Yeah, so he's just, he's like, yeah, I'll just, you know, I'm happy to, like, go on dates and stuff, but we're not, this isn't going to be a thing. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. There is no, there's no, nothing in this song. It's so weird to see this song come right before a song like War on Drugs, which uh-huh. is a very clear it's message. It's just Steve pulling that fucking parking brake. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he likes to do. Maybe he's pulling the parking brake in such a way that, like, Steve's the, rest, the wild card. The, the rest of the band was like, okay. We can do this song about a boring guy, but we're going to do it in the most exciting way possible. <laughs> yeah. And I love that, like, uh, you know, subversion mm-hmm. of expectations. And this could have been a song, like, this could have been a, like, a heart song, like, a hearty song, like, just about a guy who constantly misses out because he's not willing to sure. take any risks sure. and just seeing him suffer because of that. But they didn't take it that way. And I really appreciate it because yeah. I don't think I would have wanted that. I do like, I mean, I even put in my notes that, like, I love that he almost seems proud of his boringness, right? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, he does seem, pr- he does recognize that it's not good. Um, the lyric, you know, if the king of circumspection's here, he's come in vain. I won't be sharing the blame. I wear the crown. And if the king of circumspection's here, he's come in vain. I won't be sharing the blame. I wear the crown. He doesn't say he doesn't say fame he says blame he's not gonna say i'm you know i'm famous for being the most right. circumspect of all people yeah, i don't care he is saying like, he doesn't even want fame <laughs> yeah he's saying that i'm blamed for this like it's bad i understand it's bad but it's who i want to be bro yeah, like I mean, and like there's a sort of i mean there's a sort of like a, a almost buddhist sort of like not <laughs> not allowing the world to like not having attachment sort of thing yeah and again this is not this is not Buddhism, but like <laughs> like just being just sort of drifting through life, yes, without getting entangled in it, yeah, and uh <sighs> you know, I don't know if that's laudable or like something some a life you want to emulate, yeah, but like this guy seems to be working for him. I don't think that we are supposed to idolize the the narrator of the song, no, but I yeah. think that in the context of his own personality, like he's made peace with who he is, yeah, I and guess so, yeah. Um, I don't know. This this seems like he could, depending on who he is and how he goes about it, this could he could be a very hurtful person, or he could just be like, you know, that's just Jeff. Like that's how he is. Like <laughs> sure. And he's upfront about it. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah. you know, I'm just. He's not lazy. God. Like 
he just doesn't want to do anything. I should have called this song Just Jeff. Just <laughs> Maybe Jeff. Katie and Just, just Jeff. Jeff. Probably Jeff. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, because, I mean, we, yeah, I think the Brandy ladies are prying, trying to turn us against this guy, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're presenting him in such a way that he seems laughable. But I'm with you. I kind of admire him. Like, he's kind of an admirable, like, you know, he's... I'm I am plain and boring and complacent. Yeah. But complacency is happiness. And I think I think that yeah, and that that sort of like it it's I don't know if I admire him, but it definitely speaks to like some sort of like nihilistic ver- like, <laughs> it is like nihilistic. corner of my personality where I'm like, God, yeah. everything's a fucking trap. Like I you know I I try to put my name out there, we do this podcast, but like what does it matter? <laughs> like none of it fucking matters. Like, right. Well I you know I, I, I both understand and don't understand why they wrote this song. I understand why they wrote the song because, again, it's a fucking meditation on fame. We get it. <laughs> One week was popular. Like, can you stop, please? But at the same time, like, this seems like the anti-Steve song, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Im- imagine people looking at me. How awful would it be for people to look at me and put me under a microscope? And like, this is so anti-Steve who's been so willing to take big lunges and, and mm-hmm. swings and misses. And like, it's a meek little song wrapped in this enormous package. Right. And I think that we've, we, and that's, we've been looking at like him in the best way possible, but in the worst way possible, he could just be someone paralyzed with indecision. Like, um, nothing's good enough for me to shake me from complacency. So like just someone afraid to take risks because they feel like they're going to lose even what little they have. Sure. And that's, I mean that I feel like that's a fair read too. Yeah. Because I just said it. Um, <laughs> so, well, like, and it's fun to look for, for themes that run through the album. Cause I mm-hmm. feel like that's maybe Katie's theme too. Right. A person who's too scared to do anything. And, and yeah. Up. And I think that, I think that, yeah, like looking at, looking at this person in a less charitable light, he is not admirable at all. No. Like he is somebody <laughs> who like only has codependent relationships. Yeah. Only capable of having that or either a distant relationship or a codependent relationship, right? Where somebody is hanging, somebody is hanging around with him, not because he wants them to be there, just right. because he can't, shit or get off the pot so i feel like this is the kind of guy who dates somebody for like 10 years oh, and never yeah. marries them and then they break up because they get tired of waiting. or they just stay there and they like, oh, yeah. it's like someone spending the best year of their life with somebody who isn't going to be there for them or doesn't care enough to be there for them yeah so this guy on, on the fl- allow me to problematize our earlier view. <laughs> oh, no but i liked him so much yeah this guy could be a real <laughs> shitty person yeah so but i feel like i like that there's a lot of different ways we could take this yeah I, I wonder, and sometimes I do feel like the, the lyrics of this song uh, might be too clever by half, right? Because, like, the Andy Warhol thing is mm-hmm. clever, but it's so clever that it becomes dumb. Like, I don't know. I just felt like it was a it strange... Yeah, I mean, well, he's just saying, you know, he doesn't even want 15 minutes of fame. Like, he yeah. doesn't even want to be YouTube famous. Right. But uh, and then he wraps that in, like... Because he could say, like, I don't want 15 minutes of fame or whatever. But, like, he wraps it in a metaphor that you have to... I mean, it's great to, to, mm-hmm. to have to think about something, but it's it is funny that you know he's not being out and out there with his lyrics, right? And he's not paralyzed by indecision either. Like he knows what he wants. Yeah, that's true. Like like the genie line. I think that's one of my favorite like sta- like verses in almost any BNL song. Like,
clever. Who, upon finding a genie and knowing that the genie is not going to like monkey's paw you, yeah. would just be like, hey, fuck it. Get the fuck back in your thing. I'm putting you, I'm throwing you into the goddamn ocean. I don't want anything more than what I have. Yeah. Like, so that, that sort of, that sort of leads me to believe that our first read, like our, our charitable read yeah. is, is more like this guy yeah. because he could literally have anything he wants and he doesn't, he doesn't want, want it because yeah, he already has everything. I, I do think, I mean, the most telling word in this whole song is, you know, nothing's uh, good enough for me to shake me from complacency. Right. Right. And it's, it's not exactly even that he's, he knows he could be happier, but being happier would come with, you know, Khalil Gibran. We cannot understand the heights, the greatest heights without understanding the greatest depths. Right. Or like, the, well, not not even the greatest depths we can't we can't understand the greatest it's like somebody who is literally floating on his back in the ocean yeah looking up and he can see the sky yeah and if he glances down he can see all the way down to the depth and he's yeah. like i'm fine right where yeah, i'm at right. that's what i'm saying yeah, yeah. i'm complacent right. because if i if i get something that's gonna make me happier there's a bigger chance that i could be sadder right if i get married maybe one day i'll get divorced so but you're right i don't know because I, I do want to say there's some amount of indecision because I wonder where his complacency comes from, what the origin of his complacency is, right? Because I feel like that's an yeah. important... And I think that, yeah, if we have like a deontological, like sort like where, if it's internal yeah. to him, if we're looking at what's internal to him, it could, depending on how it is, we could decide yeah. whether he's a good or bad person because yeah. of it. Yeah, that's true. Um, there are... Uh, I liked. I actually. I liked the Andy Warhol thing. I thought it was a little too clever. But there are a lot of fun sayings that sound like real things in this song. Like, if I hold my tongue, I'll never lose my voice. Or if I hold my tongue, I'll never lose my voice. Like that could be a saying. How yeah. come nobody's ever said that? And I mean, Steve leans into that line live. Oh, like I'll never lose my voice. For if I hold my tongue, I'll never lose. I have a lot of notes about oh, that. Oh, yeah, so line. do I. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the, great. the live. We'll get to the live stuff in just a second. Okay. All right. Or we can just, let's fuck it. Let's get to the live. Okay, I wish you have more sure. notes. Um, Go ahead. Ship, I, I wanted to know who was singing that fucking falsetto. Oh, yeah. Because I know on the, it's it's obviously like tech, mechanical on, yeah. the, on, the, on the track, but like somebody does it in real time. So I kept looking at live versions, and the first one I found was like Ships and Dip 5, where they only have this fucker has posted tons of these videos from like ships and dip five, but they're only close-ups of Steven Steve. Page's yeah, face. It's annoying. Just and they're following like auto-corrected so that the background never shifts. And it's black and white. Yeah. It's so this, very weird. some like, you know, somebody found some sort of uh, app on their phone yeah. that lets them do this and like, Hey, love it. <laughs> but like, yeah. So I could hear someone singing and I finally found it like three later. It's Ed. Ed does it. Yeah. And the high pitched falsetto. I love it. Yeah. It's wonderful. It. Did you watch the live version from ships and dip three where the horn goes? Oh my God. It's the song they're playing, listeners, as they're pulling out of port. And so, uh, you know, they're <laughs> the the boat captain honks the horn in the middle of the song. And I will not turn And uh, man, it's so funny. And then near the end of the song, they keep like yeah. doing the trucker pull the horn thing, and everybody in the crowd goes hoo. <laughs> and then finally, the captain gets the message and pulls the horn again. But what like concert musicians <sighs> they were to play through that? Because it's not. But the horn is like bone shakingly oh, loud. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You cannot understand the song. Yeah, and they they just keep playing. They, yeah, they don't stop. Don't look it's around. Funny. Like or they do look around and they just keep playing while they're doing it. This feels like, because as a musician, too, sometimes, musician, big quotes, sometimes I'll write a song, and then we'll record it for the album, and then once I do it live for, like, six months or a year, I'll find something in it, and then I'll do that every time, and then when I go back and listen to the album version, I'll be like, 
Jesus, I don't do this part in the same way. It sounds so much better. I feel like that's kind of what Steve did because when he does it live now, he does the, I'll never lose. Yeah. He does that. He like says some of the lyrics in this weird Eastern European accent. <laughs> it, though I appreciate the aim. Yeah. <laughs> like roll his R's. Um, you know, like there's also when he says, I'd only use it to make everything the same. They do a weird thing too. Just like, yeah. I don't know. He's he's found something live that I feel like he can never go back to. And uh, yeah, and he like the the one live version where he forgets the lyrics and just like sort of sings like I didn't see that. Oh yeah, there's one where he forgets the lyrics and just like ya da 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 like just sings like that. And that's so. so it's so funny that we're so psyched about this song and then when I watched the live version I was like this is better. He found he dug <laughs> deeper. This song is killer. I love this song. Yeah. Um Page Solo, did you watch a solo version of it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, he still does the lose my voice part, um, except the falsetto part. He gets the crowd to do. The crowd goes, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it's very fun. And then before the solo, <laughs> it's very competent. He does a great job. Uh, there's a brief pause and live. He goes, watch me work now. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's very, very oh. cute. Um, man, it's just like fucking good. The ending is very conclusive to this song. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like trail off or fade out there's some great like pauses in this song as steve gets his point out like i just feel like they they really worked hard and maybe they didn't maybe this was just something they shot out but Mm -hmm. i feel like this was the naked song there's so much energy enthusiasm craziness going on it's just it feels like we could find out what the naked song is but we choose not to because you know what why why even bother no hey hey we're the this is this is this is the song of our fucking podcast right i i feel like, like the naked this is our song podcast theme song was yes 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 but i might be wrong on that yeah. which is a cut b-side yeah what's but, your uh what's the biggest risk you ever took uh bringing a life into this world making that decision oh, okay. i don't know because you can fuck up hardcore with are you just like what's the biggest risk i ever took um i don't do you have one offhand um i'd say like leaving my fiance of like five years to go to japan with a woman i I mean a person i fell in love with and uh spending the first two years of our marriage there jesus (laughs) that was a huge risk and it paid off really well for me but like yeah your fiance's doing okay just to assure our listeners yeah yeah, no it was a it was a it was a mutual thing like we had been talking about like it was just one of those it was literally this song. Like we were complete. We neither of us loved each other, but we were pretty complacent yeah. together. Like we had just sort of settled into that. Like, well, I guess we're in our twenties now, our, our mid late twenties. We should get married, sort of thing. Yeah. And it felt like kind of felt like both of us felt like we were going through the motions. And she uh, she was great. And I have wish her only the best. Like. And she does listen. Oh, she, yeah, yeah. She's left us an iTunes review that we'll read. Little this gla- week. little Glendale Gungley. <laughs> if you are listening, I say thank you. Thank you. Same to you, thank you. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I actually saw her at the BNO concert we went to. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think you told me that. Yeah, we nodded and went our separate ways. <laughs> like, neither of us. We just saw each other, smiled, nodded, and then just walked away. She was wearing an "It's All Been Done" T-shirt, which was very strange. <laughs> wearing your face around town. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I yeah, minor none could match that you were letting me go first which is very yeah. nice because now even if i had something i'd have to follow breaking off with my fiance of five years and moving to japan with a woman that i just began to meet no we, we well yes okay <laughs> no argument never mind uh so yeah i don't i don't i don't know uh one time i met a guy from craigslist in the parking lot of giant eagle 
And then I bought Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4 Turtles in time from him, so for the Super Nintendo. Um, but I think that was the most impactful and <laughs> powerful thing I ever did as well. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, beeps and boops. Beeps and boops. There were some of those video game no- noises <laughs> in your Andy Warhol segment. I need a help. I need a help. I need a help from you. <laughs> okay, here I come. Here I come to save the day. If each attempted act of sabotage destroys all hope, I won't be needing a rope. I'm gagged and bound. If each attempted act of sabotage destroys all hope, I won't be needing a rope. I'm gagged and bound. What the fuck? Did, I could not parse. I tried to think about this. Also, number one, this lyric is a squeezer. He's like, if each attempted, like too many words in yeah, this. Yeah, he shoves them in there. Yeah. So what does this mean? Could, so could you... I'm, thinking, I'm thinking what it is, is that he's not going to self-sabotage because he doesn't care enough to do it. So I think this is, this is sort of, for me, this was like talking to like, I won't uh, even, I won't go into the depths because I'm not going to sabotage. Like, I'm not even sure. going to attempt to sabotage myself. I won't need a rope. I won't need anything. I'm already gagged and bound. Like, So, okay, he'll never sabotage himself. I think. Each attempt. It's funny that he never mentions the word self, right? If each attempted act of sabotage. Or wait, or this could be read the opposite way in that... Um, he won't be needing a rope to self-sabotage because he's already gagged and bound. Like he's already self-sabotaged himself to the point where he can't do anything. Oh. So I think uh, now that I say that, I think that might be the, yeah. the, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he wouldn't even consider self-sabotage. So this, yeah. So this definitely point. speaks to the latter read where he's kind of a shitty person who, yeah. you know, just undermines his relationships because he can't, yeah. or, or he is so paralyzed with the, no, because then he isn't paralyzed with uh, indecision because he doesn't want to make a decision. Yeah. He's okay with that. that I feel gets like back it, to the genie, li- at, the genie line. Uh, maybe at some point he was paralyzed by indecision, and then he, like, sat down and settled into that indecision. Is like, oh, this is actually comfy. <laughs> like, I don't I love know. not being able to choose. Because he couldn't have always lived like this. How since, do you live like this? Since the beginning. He's a, go- <laughs> he a small god. He's attained, he attained Buddhahood. <laughs> There's some small stuff in here I love. There's in verse two the laughing accordion, <laughs> followed by the bizarre generic Middle Eastern riff. Imagine everything you've done under a microscope on view for everyone. And if the king of like very weird, um, but I thought it was cool. Uh, I love Ed's backing vocals. I love it when our boys work together, uh, and. Um, the lyric for if I hold my tongue, I'll never lose my voice has this like breathless, sparse quality to it. It's just like there's so many little things mm-hmm. to love on this song. I don't know. I just loved it. I thought this was a great song. I agree. You have so, any other little notes? What anime is this like, Saker? Oh! Allow me to tell you. This anime, as we all know, Stephen Page hate watches 90s anime mm-hmm. and loves to write these songs about it. Sure. This is about Ranma one half. Oh, tell me about Ranma. Rama was an anime series that ran from October of 89, so a little bit earlier, to in well into the early 90s. So yes. 92, I think, is when it ended. In brief, it is about a martial arts student and their family, or father. They go on a training mission to China, fall into a weird cursed pool, mm-hmm. and become... Uh, they're cursed so that you turn into whatever drowned in it hundreds, if not thousands of years ago. Yes. So Ranma, the eponymous Ranma uh-huh. has the power to turn into a girl, but only when he 
she they are hit by cold water and then hot water brings them back the father uh gunma genma. i think genma genma turns into a panda uh-huh and then later on various other antagonists and uh, allies do similar things and turn into pigs and all sorts of shit yeah all geese, sorts of geese yeah. yeah so uh but ranman i think this is what's germane to your read of it which you're going to tell me in a mm-hmm. moment is that ranma uh is isn't an arranged marriage which is actually in the 80s and 90s in japan not as uncommon as you would think really like arranged marriages were still like where families agreed that they're yeah there were still i mean i'm gonna say not common but they weren't uncommon it wasn't wow. to the point where you would be weird and i mean you kind of get that um I thought this was supposed to be a funny anachronistic thing that he was in an arranged marriage. Um, it, it still happened. And it was morally, it was more uh, arranged marriages and then what you couldn't, who you couldn't marry. Because I know that oh. like the, the Buraku men, they had like registries of Buraku men who were, the, these are the uh, outcasts from the Edo period. I see. Where you would, because, you know, the Meiji Restoration made everybody equal in sure. theory. But in practice, like... Buraku men still had certain types of names, like their last name. They shared last names and you know I that see. sort of stuff. And still, so there was definitely sort of looking down. So it was like they had, you weren't. It was illegal to do, but there were like registries where you could call and they would research your potential daughter or son's like partner and determine whether you know their family line and stuff to see if they were worthwhile. And I know that in Japanese like high society, uh, among like the, the the businesses and the elites like that, like arranged marriages is almost a hundred percent common. Wow, yeah. how bizarre. Yeah. Okay, because it's more of a it's more of sort of business allies and stuff like that. Sure. But anyway, I got off track. No mystery um, stage so, over here. So Ranma <laughs> goes to high school and has a lot of antagonists and yes. friends. Well, yeah, the whole I, I think the way I read it, and I'm sure the way Steve read it, is that Ranma desperately wants to be normal. Right? Not only does he not want his arranged marriage, he's not in favor of this arranged marriage. Which, of course, the lyric. You know, sooner or later, there must be another's kiss, Mm -hmm. like, obviously. But he super doesn't want his curse. He hates turning into a woman. You know, I'd rather drown. He's talking about the Jusenkyo Springs in general. (laughs) Like, I wish I had just fallen into a regular spring than a cursed spring. And died. I died. Yeah, I'd rather drown. Um, You know, continuing on, there's a whole slew of characters who get increasingly wrapped up in Ranma's life, and he continually wants none of it. For example, you know, his many, many, many suitors. You know, I'll I'll never be the kind of man who makes a choice, right? Right. Uh, This is kind of the opposite of a harem anime. He has an enormous... Well, actually, kind of is the same, because just like all all other harem protagonists, he just, like, sits in the middle of all these women who want him. And and men. And then doesn't, doesn't like his uh one of his antagonists fall in love with his female form? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so like it's like a it's like a both ways harem anime. Yeah, like, it you could have it is. both ways, but again, he's he yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, you know, he just he wants a nice quiet life as a martial arts master. He mm-hmm. will not turn his whole life upside down, but Regardless of that, it still gets turned upside down for him. So this is, I think, uh, Stephen wrote this from Ranma's point of view, maybe before the springs or shortly after, mm-hmm. um, you know, as as just a, a you know, I, I wish it had never happened because I wish that this were mm-hmm. my regular life. Yeah, I'm wondering, I'm wondering to what extent, and I probably, um, some of our listeners can comment on this more than I can even, so I'll have to definitely check the, uh, the Discord afterwards, but like, uh, like, how prevalent Ranma is as a trans narrative because he turns into a woman but doesn't want to be a woman and doesn't feel like a woman. I think so. It's, yeah, it, it, I feel like that's that's problematic in a lot of ways. Yeah, and so I'm curious as to whether it's even seen that way or rejected or anything like sure. that. So I know that it caused. I've have 
friends. I know it caused a lot of awakenings back oh, in the well, day, certainly. I have no well, idea. That's how... a bad, I mean, that's not, not a bad thing. No, of course not. No, but I have no idea how prevalent yeah. It, yeah, it is as a narrative. Uh, but that's interesting. Yeah. Folks, come on over from the other discords, which have a lot more to do with gender studies and politics than yeah. we do. Uh, we'd like to know about Ranma. Please tell these dumb old boys about Ranma. <laughs> Please tell the toe boys about Ranma. Ranma. The toe boys. That's what we call ourselves. <laughs> Uh, so right. yeah, that's the anime read. Ev, I think it's about time to rate this. Sabon. Let's get it rated. As you know, but as our listeners may not, our ratings go from bare naked to fully clothed. The less clothes a song is wearing, the nicer I think it looks. <laughs> I hate clothes. The more songs a clothes has on, <laughs> the worse. It truly is a one AM record. Yeah. All right, Evbo, as usual. I just I just remembered I have to have a whole day after this and it filled <laughs> me with like a sense of like just just profound exhaustion. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I have to go home and then have a whole day. <laughs> you sure do. This is not the end of your day. <laughs> so what do you think? Very nice good fully close. All right. It is uh summer nearing autumn. Uh the leaves are just starting to turn, but it's still warm enough that you can get away with a shirt and uh shorts if you want. Uh, it's cool enough. The breeze is cool enough that if you're so inclined, you could put on a little sweater. So it's just verging. It's like the perfect, like not Indian summer, but just should I, Indian summer. I shouldn't say that. I looked this up before and I can't figure out any racist etymology to Indians. I don't know what it's in reference to. I might just leave this in even. If you know what Indian summer's etymology is, Please let me yeah, know. It just it it feels like it is. And yeah, I don't, right. I, and I don't want to. I don't want to like. Yeah, I don't want to tread on dangerous ground. Right. So so okay. there's, we there's can take it back. A late summer. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so it's late summer, uh, nearing autumn, and the leaves are just starting to turn, and the, there's a gentle breeze, and um, I'm walking in a forest, and uh, I see a field, and the field is like drenched in sun, and it's warm in the field. The sun is beating down. It's like. So let's say it's, uh, you know, like 70s in the sun and then like mm, low 60s in the shade. Yeah. So it's cool in the forest, warm in the warm in the field. And I see somebody running towards me um, just like in the distance. And there's like this little heat mirage. It's like little I can I can't make them out quite. Mm-hmm. And I like squinting because it's so bright out in the forest. I can't quite see. So I start walking towards I like start walking towards them too. And then they speed up and I speed up and we're getting closer and closer. And I see they start, they just take off their shirt. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, is this what we're doing? So I strip <laughs> off my sweater. They take off their they take off their shorts. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I pull off my pants. I'm in my boxers. They're in their boxers. And I'm like, finally, as we get closer, 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 they just rip away their boxers, fully nude running towards me. I rip away mine. Finally, snap into clarity. It's my buddy Saker. <laughs> And I'm me. It's both of us. We meet right at the edge of our two favorite seasons. We hug and we dance around and we sing songs and flowers spring up all around us because this is the perfect naked song for both of us. Wow. Unreal. I think you just did my rating for me. We have to do mine in reverse though. Okay. So I'm hugging and dancing with my friend. (laughs) I'm pulled away. (laughs) I'm pulled away. Uh, I'm in the mall Mm -hmm. and I am wearing a baggy hoodie and a baggy t-shirt and big hammer pants as i do loose boxers the year is 1991 <laughs> yeah basically um and um and push it has just, has just <laughs> it's push it is playing on the soundtrack of the mall um and uh you know I, i'm passing this booth and some guy grabs me by the arm and he says you're our lucky winner today and i say winner for what sir and he says you get to go to the booth. Whoa! And a whole crowd springs up around us and goes, holy shit, the booth! Whoa! 
He says, we're going to turn your whole life upside down. And I say, I don't know if I want my whole life upside down. He says, too bad. He shows me in this booth. It's dark in this booth, and I don't know what's going on. But I can hear the cheers of people outside. And then all of a sudden, I hear this whirring going on. And I realize, oh, shit, this is one of those money booths. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I'm I'm whipping my hands around, and I feel this paper, and I'm trying to, to grab it and pull it out. And then all of a sudden, it stops. And I say, okay, I think I got a lot of whatever this is in my hands. <laughs> and then the door opens, and I realize that the force of this wind that was coming up from below me has blown my hoodie and shirt off. My loose pants and loose <laughs> boxers have been ripped asunder from me. I have – what is in my – oh, I, I'm embarrassed. The crowd is laughing. They're, they're, they're pointing. And I say, well, at least I have this money to make up for it. And I look at my hands, and it's laughing pictures of Jim Cregan. <laughs> Jim Cregan. The Barker pulls his mask off to reveal Jim Cregan himself has damned me to hell. <laughs> People are taking pictures. I'm naked. I'm embarrassed that I'm so naked because this song is so fucking goofy and like it's nothing. It's a song about a guy who's boring, but it's so fucking good. And then my friend Evan comes out of the crowd <laughs> naked and we <laughs> sing and dance. <laughs> That's, this song is perfect. Yeah. I wouldn't change a thing Un- except for the things that Steve Page changes in concert. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah, I would. I would add that depth that he found. I couldn't change a thing. I don't have the ability to make this song any better. In fact, I wouldn't change any of the Bernie Lady songs because I can't. <laughs> I do not have access to those songs. We'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a Bernie Ladies podcast. Pull all his organs out. Leave him a hollow husk. Crawl inside. Make sound policy decisions. Turn his presidency around. Get elected to a second term become a liberal democrat might be a little late to turn his presidency around he has one year will not turn this presidency Presidency upside down down. i was gonna say presidency around oh but you know you did something too i'm sorry are we going we've been going this is commercial (laughs) this is all commercial i mean do you want to use this doesn't matter depends on when you started recording this shit I started recording when you said stick a finger up his urethra. <laughs> I was talking about President Ronald Cramp. President Ronald Cramps. President. Inventor of the cramp. <laughs> Jesus. Can you imagine if every bodily function was invented, invented? by someone? Like, wait, they should be named after the first person to ever have them. Yes. But, but then it'd be like, they'd all be named after like... Brungo. <laughs> That's a caveman name. Brungo Piss. <laughs> he invented going to the bathroom. <laughs> what caveman names were like we ne- we'll never find out like what neolithic names were like yeah i mean because they're literally prehistorical yeah so but i mean no record. they've got to be get, like time machines or something guttural and they've got i mean they i don't have to be guttural we're capable human like we have been capable of the same range of sounds for our almost our since we became i actually know. have put a little study into neo neolithic names okay and they are a lot like brungo krungus and stuff like that but there's also you know the tiffany problem no. The Tiffany problem is that you can't set... Tiffany is actually a medieval name. Oh, yeah. And you can't set a medieval story with a character named Tiffany because it sounds too realistic or too too modern, right? Mm-hmm. Reginald was a Neolithic name, and it suffers from the Tiffany. There was Brungo, Krungus, and Reginald. Regi- so, yeah, they called him Regigus. Rungus. They called him Regigus. But, uh, yeah, you just can't do it nowadays. Hmm. So... You know, what you, you know what else you can't do nowadays? What's that? 
just like letting me fucking stew. Sure do. <laughs> it's like it's like a volleyball game where like someone sets the ball up and then the person like jumps into the air and then just puts their hands on their hips and looks down at the person who set the ball, grinning, and then just the ball falls to the ground. The person falls to the ground. If we're following this metaphor one for one, your bump was no one else you can't do. My set was what's that? And your spike is. I'm not looking at the <laughs> ad copy. Saker is. You can play a tabletop game like Interstitial. Interstitial is a Kingdom Hearts inspired crossover actual play podcast playing Interstitial, our hearts intertwined, a powered by the apocalypse game made by Riley Hopkins. Interstitial is supported by Hi, the Riley. Hi, Riley. <laughs> Riley does. He has been commenting <laughs> on our thing. He does listen now. Uh, Interstitial is supported by the Patreon for Got It Memorized, a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast. So. This was spawned from a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast, and they're doing a Kingdom Hearts actual play podcast called Interstitial. Do you understand? Uh, am I supposed to? <laughs> I mean, you were born in 1950, so I'm not sure that you understand yeah, video games yeah. in general. I get I get sounds. I get the sounds. <laughs> I understand what the words mean sure. out of context. A kingdom is ruled by a king or queen, some sort of monarch. Mm-hmm. Heart is something that I have in my body. Mm-hmm. So kingdom hearts would probably be the various hearts of the Disney characters that are accompanying the protagonist I mean, through the entire show. I don't know the answer because Kingdom Hearts lore is fucking absolutely not to be uh, understood. You know who doesn't have the answer? Riley Hopkins. (laughs) People are saying, uh, do you like Kingdom Hearts? Do you like actual play podcasts? If you said yes to either of those, the interstitial is an incredibly enjoyable and wholesome ride. Uh, People are saying, are you burned out on actual play podcasts (laughs) yet? If not, please listen to this one. I've really enjoyed shows like The Adventure Zone, One Shot, Friends at the Table, Six Feet Under, among others. This podcast is honestly my favorite I've listened to so far. Speaking of is actual you? plays. No, that was Uno, Uno Sarta on iTunes. Oh, cool. Yeah, people Uno are saying, I think I've only listened to The Adventure Zone. It's the only actual play podcast I listen to. But a friend of ours, Alex, is listening to Interstitial right now and says it's very good. Oh, great. So what do I, I know? I know Alex is a Kingdom Hearts man. He actually bought the tabletop game because he really wants to play it when oh. he gets back from his He sojourn. was already running a t- t- uh, Kingdom Hearts RPG, wasn't he? Yes, but he was running it on uh, some other system. Okay. And I can't well, remember. There we go. Now we're talking about our friends. Goodbye. Our fans are little ploppies. <laughs> Welcome back to It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Right now we spin this big wheel to get our thingy-do. Or our thingy-don't. Running out of ink. Pen a limerick about this. Oh, no. I thought we took this one off. Suck. All right, let's spin it again. I think we did, and I, I've been using the wrong link. Bastard. <clears throat> Must have been the same thing. Uh, the narrator of this song is the same as another BNL song. Which song and why? I feel like we kind of covered this a little bit with maybe Katie's Indecision. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is there another song it could be? I feel like his the disregard and the, the fact that he doesn't really care about anyone other than himself or to care at all. He could be the narrator from the song. Was it last album or this? No, it was last album. The guy who I can't remember the names of any fucking song. <laughs> okay. What's it about? I'll help you. The pickup artist. The pickup art. Oh, Conventioneers? No. No. Conventioneers isn't about a pickup artist. I mean, yeah. He picked up a girl, but <laughs> he meant to do it. No, the guy who uh, goes out and gets sprayed by the hose and is... Oh, humor of the situation. Humor the... Come on now. Yeah, now. come on now. I can't now. believe I forgot that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think that, that, that 
the narrator of this song reminded me kind of of that guy because the humor of the situation guy was like, meh, whatever. Yeah. I'm a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy is kind of that way too, except with like regard to not doing anything. Yeah. Well, and, and I think on that note, I was, I'm kind of looking right now and I have the benefit of having a computer next to me, whereas right. you don't. But I feel like there's almost one of these on every album. I think on Maroon, it could have been... Uh, humor of the situation or even go home right yeah go home is about like complacency and returning to the place where you know things were nice and happy it's about nostalgia so much more than complacency but on stunt never is enough right yeah that's kind of the giving up song from stunt on every uh, album i think they put in a song that's like just give up (laughs) yeah we can make a whole better good ladies lay down and die compilation (laughs) um on uh on Born on a Pirate Ship, it is, of course, Stomach versus Heart. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's not one on every album, but uh, but certainly I think that... That's what you get when you confuse a poop and a fart. <laughs> As everyone knows, you get this song when you confuse a poop and a fart. So yeah, I think there's a couple songs it could possibly be. Um, so let's uh, let's let's do another thing. Let's pick our song at random, a BNL song at random. Okay, and then let's put this narrator into it and <laughs> describe how <laughs> yeah, it would like, be different. This could be a new segment. All right, here we go. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> okay. So the song is "Under the Greenwood Tree" from "As You Like It," a William Shakespeare themed studio <laughs> album. I ran it from the songs we've gone over, Saker. <laughs> I don't know "Under the Greenwood Tree." This album, this CD was only made available at the Stratford Shakespeare Festival of 2005. Okay. <laughs> okay uh, all right. So, uh, I guess this... that was a yes, but. <laughs> this one, the narrator is going to be dropped into uh, These Apples. So. Huh. Okay. A, a, a song about miscommunication. These about apples people... would be delicious, but I'm not going to take a bite, I said. <laughs> Is all this food free? Doesn't matter. I'm not gonna pay. Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, actually, the, the, these apples narrator could be this guy because the these apples narrator is just kind of a idiot, feel, an idiot, right? Yeah, his thing was fundamental miscommunication between him and his partner. Right. Right. So and the not fundamental that he's an idiot. miscommunication could be the fact that he doesn't want a relationship. <laughs> that I mean, yeah, kind of. So yeah, it would be uh, these apples would be a much shorter song because the lady would be like. Hey, you know, I circled romance, and he's like, meh. I circled meh. <laughs> can, we put, can we put this narrator? I circled romance, and I ripped the page out of the dictionary and threw it away. <laughs> yeah. Can we put this narrator into a little tiny song where he's like, I'm a cow, I guess I'll die. <laughs> hey, I'm a cow. Enough. That's good enough. <laughs> it's good enough. It's an even shorter song somehow. <laughs> hey, I'm a tiny cow. Tiny little song. That's good enough. <laughs> and then long <laughs> instrumental to take the song out. Sure, I like that. Yeah, okay, very good. I think we put them into every song. <laughs> All right, now's the time when we take an email from our friends. Our fans are little babies. Uh, if you want to email us, you can email us by emailing us. <laughs> <laughs> our email address is it's all been done podcast at gmail.com. Please send us a couple of emails. Send us like seven. No, that would be great. And we'll answer them all in the same episode. Sorry, Tammy, we still haven't gotten over that. This one is from TK. TK says... TK, what do you think TK stands for? Theodore Kennedy. The killer. <laughs> this, guy, <laughs> this guy killed JFK. Ben Ken- what are your biggest weaknesses, <laughs> hosts? And can you trace your key and send it back through this email? 
Been catching up with the podcast, guys. I'm switching between stunt and pirate ship. Bizarre way to listen to the <laughs> podcast, TK, but I'm with you. Hey, you do what you do. Um, we're going to start with, he asks a specific question for each of us. So let's oh, start wow. with question for Evan. Actually, we'll do both, and then we'll we'll go back and forth, because I think it's easier. Question for Saker. Which bare naked lady would be which sailor scout? Question for Evan. Which bare naked lady will be which Star Trek character? Pick any crew you want. TK. Homie boys. I love it. So we can go. So we'll say Steve, and then we'll say Sailor Moon, and uh, and whatever, right? Ooh, ooh, so okay, let's go to Steve first. Do you want to start, at, or shall I? You go ahead, because I okay. I have to go through a much bigger oeuvre than you. Uh, yes, I think Steve might be, and this is a a, a a rough one, but I think he might be Sailor Venus, right? So Sailor Venus, um, uh, was the Sailor Scout of Love and Beauty. And I feel like Steve is definitely focused on love. That's kind of his whole MO is the boyfriend aspect and all that stuff. Um, in addition to that, uh, I mean, I'm kind of going in reverse now, but Sailor Venus had a career beforehand as Sailor V. <laughs> and I think Stephen Page has a career afterwards as, you know, the Stephen Page trio. Um, plus, he's the hottest bare naked lady, I think, in our... That's not true. <laughs> Ed might be the hottest friend. Yeah, it's got those baby blues, bud. Those you can't, you can't blues. say, you can't say no to those baby buds. Ice blue. Uh, all right, who's Steve to you? Uh, it was. I was going to go with the Star Trek Discovery because, like, the characters in Star Trek. You can mix and match. Right? I know. I, I, okay. That was my plan. Is to is to go from all over the place because the characters in Star Trek, prior to Discovery, they have angst but they don't have the level of angst that steve has like like i don't i'm trying to think of like Star Trek characters that suffer with serious crippling depression sure <laughs> and there really aren't many that do it for long because of the episodic nature of the, of the show right I mean, probably deep space nine has a few but i don't want to dig that deep into deep space nine when i'm gonna go to him later so i'm gonna say uh steve is probably either michael burnham from disco or ash from discovery because both of them deal with serious uh depression issues and things okay. like that like i this especially with this the second season of discovery that i just watched like it seems like every episode michael is ugly crying which i like okay because like <laughs> letting like a woman like full-on ugly cry on screen who is is something sort of relatively new i think in the star trek canon and in canon in general like because women are supposed to look sure good or sure. the men don't get the boners they need uh to, <laughs> to power important. to power the uh water mills <laughs> you know <laughs> you gotta keep those mills flowing but yeah so like full-on ugly crying and uh just like crippling like not what's like there's anxiety in there because she's had a rough upbringing sure and i think ash too because he gets like uh his body swap i don't want to give away any spoilers okay so should i cut that no i'm I didn't say anything. That's why I said I don't want to give okay. any spoilers. But uh, if you haven't watched season one of Discovery, watch it. It's one of the. It's literally the best season of any for any the best first season of any Star Trek show wow. ever, ever. Ever impressive. Yeah. Okay. Next. Um. Next. Let's go, Ed Robertson. Um. God, I truly think that Ed Robertson. Oh man. I mean, I think Sailor Moon is the easy pull here, but I'm not going to do Sailor Moon. I think Ed Robertson is Sailor Galaxia. Sailor Galaxia, the antagonist of season five of Sailor Moon. I think that he, um, you know, used to be, you know, something good that was corrupted over time. <laughs> I think he's incredibly powerful. Um, he's got the power to, I mean, he literally has the power to, just like Sailor Galaxia could plant seeds into other people and turn them into like evil sailors. Uh, I think he can turn anyone into a bare naked lady that he wants. He has that power to, to make the band live or die. 
Um, and you know, it's his power. It's his, uh, his, as far as I can tell, want for, he's become a capitalist dog. <laughs> capitalist running dog. <laughs> no, I think, I feel like the Vanekin ladies are, you know, uh, a lot less powerful now than they were. And I think a lot of it is maybe due to the creative, in a lot of ways, creative bankruptcy. I sent you a list, Evan, the other day of Ed Robertson ranking all the Bare Naked Ladies albums. Yeah, yeah, and his top two depressing. were uh, fucking like Grinning Streak and Silver Ball, maybe. And I was just so upset that Ed abandoned actual ideas and actual like good ideas and thoughts for for shilling his newest album. So I think he's Sailor Galaxia. I don't hate him. I think he's great, but uh, he's turned to the dark side. <laughs> Who's Ed? Ed is. Uh, I'm gonna try. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try and go through every Star Trek. Well, I'm gonna do one from each series. Is Jesus what I'm gonna try to do. Christ! Okay. No, not from. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna switch series. Oh, 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 so this is okay. gonna be. So now Disco- Discovery Ed is. Ed is used. this guy from Disco. No. He's this guy from. Okay. So I'm gonna say Ed is uh, Garrick from Deep Space Nine. Garrick mm-hmm. being a Cardassian tailor and Cardassian expatriate. Uh, Cardassians are basically Nazis. Oh. Um, oh boy. It's a. It's a loose end. Like they get. They get more. Uh, I mean. They're, well, actually, they're basically the Germans during World War II. So, so there are, are making... Nazi Cardassians. There are not Nazi Cardassians, but all of them are complicit. In the, I see. Yeah. Are so. you making Ed evil as well? No. <laughs> okay. uh, Garrick is. Garrick is. Well, he is a. He just just the joie de vivre that uh-huh. Ed brings to the thing and the silliness. Like Garrick has that too. Uh, Garrick is sort of pansexual, but I don't think Ed is pansexual. So there's <laughs> a, there's a disconnect there. But um, just just the enjoyment of it, and I think Garrick really makes the show in a lot of ways for yeah. me. Just enjoying just. And he always seems like he's having a good time, and sure. it always seems like he's having a fucking good time. And I would have said Tyler, but I feel like Garrick is a little bit more intellectual. And okay. I feel like Ed is between Tyler and Ed, like Ed is more sure. the more intellectual of the two. Interesting. Uh, let's go next to um, let's say Kev. So I think Kev is going to be for me. God, I don't know who else I can put other than Sailor Mercury. I think Sailor Mercury is the fucking nerd of the group. <laughs> I think Kev is certainly, uh, uh, he's certainly a nerd. Um, I I do love him, uh, and I think he he brings a lot of, um, you know, technical skill to the band. Uh, I think Jim could probably have slotted into Mercury as well, but, um. Actually, fuck. Maybe Jim is Sailor Mercury. We're doing Jim instead. We're doing Jim? Yep. Okay. Jim brings a lot of technical expertise to the band, uh, and he's kind of the secondary character. I mean, right after Sailor Moon, we had Sailor Mercury, and I feel like Jim has been there for a long time beside Ed, uh, and uh, boy, I'm doing this really badly. It's okay. All right. Jim's You're a nerd. to do whatever badly Jim's you want. fucking nerd. Jim, to me, is uh, Jordy from Next Generation. Sure. For the same reasons, he brings a ton of technical expertise. <laughs> he is a king, engi- king among engineers, right? Uh huh. But the thing about it is, Jordy has some very problematic relationships with other crew members <laughs> okay. and other people uh-huh. on the show. Uh huh. And based on the lyrics of Jim's songs and the subject matter, in the drink and you know, yeah. Spider My Room, like I feel like Jim interacts with people in an odd way and may or may not like have difficulties in the in the same regard that Jordy has yeah so I feel like for sure like technically comp like consummate right yeah inestimable like uh, top of his field but also like you 
don't necessarily want to be in a hollow deck with him alone, sure. especially if you're Jesus. a woman for the at least the first couple seasons. Who was this, Jordy? Jordy, yeah, played by the amazing Lavar Burton. Well, he, I didn't know he was problematic. He base okay, so. Let me give you one example. Uh, he makes a holodeck version to work on an engine, right? He makes a holodeck version of a scientist, a female scientist, right. who is the woman who invented this engine, genius, whatnot, falls in love with the hologram. Mm. So that he keeps programming the hologram to be more and more like they have a relationship on the holodeck. Right. Which, I mean, that's what you would do. Holodecks are used for sure. fucking. They have to be used <laughs> for fucking, right? <laughs> so, so he's like having this like s- slow romance. And then the woman that it's based on actually comes in Ooh. and they like work together and they, and they like, he is like assuming they have more of a relationship than she right. does. And then she actually ends up running the program oh, and sees his like holodeck fuck. lover. And she's like, what the fuck dude? Yeah. So that's an example. Does this go make it explicit that people fuck holograms? Well, deep space nine makes it explicit. Oh really? That people fuck holograms. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have hollow suites. Like they're oh, for fucking. I see. Okay. They're for fucking. I know, I know the star Trek people like the, all the Federation people like to put on like, I don't know, tight pants and go play Robin Hood, but yeah. like they're for fucking. Got you. Okay. Uh, Kev, I, 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 I abandoned Kev halfway through the last read because I figured out who he actually was. Kev is tuxedo mask. Mm. Kev came late to the party. Kev knows exactly what to bring to the party. He knows what bleeps and blobs and bloops <laughs> a song needs. He throws his rose down and he gets the fuck out of there. Uh, Kev is the perfect savior that the band needed. And that's what tuxedo masks role is. Go for it. Kev is Scotty from the original series. <laughs> okay. He is exactly what they need, and he tell them if they if it's go, they're going too far. Sure. She can't take much, the band can't take much more of this. <laughs> I feel like Kev is the peacemaker. Kev keeps everybody together. Uh, he is always back in the back. Like he's not he's not bridge crew, right? He's not up there front front and center with right. Spock and Plobby and Dodo and <laughs> no, Kirk and Spock and McCoy. Kind of is out of the way too. But like without Scotty, ship don't run. Sure. Ship don't run. Ship don't run. Dog don't hunt. And also because every time they cut to Scotty, there's always like that bleeping, blopping, like diodes behind him. Oh like, sure, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> we got the there's always like some pipes and stuff, so it's bleeps and bloops, and you're always like fiddling with like keys. <laughs> I feel like that's Kevin. Oh boy, man, I feel like now Ty 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 is the hardest one. Oh, he's easy. Is he not for me? Because I feel like he could be. I think he might be Sailor Starfighter. Sailor Starfighter. I like that both of us are totally silent during each of uh, the other person's thing because we, <laughs> we have, have no no working knowledge of the other person's fandom. Uh, I think like boisterous, confident, uh, kind of loud mouthy. Um, you know, none of the none of the actual Sailor Scouts. I think may- maybe he could have been Jupiter. He was cusping on Jupiter for a while, but I think that Jupiter is too sweet, and and Sailor Starfighter mm-hmm. uh, at least initially is a lot more. Like, uh, does uh, she fight stars or does she, is she uh, st- like a, a well, the sailor star fight. starlights or sailor star fighter, sailor star okay, healer? That's enough, sailor star maker. Okay, <laughs> I, I know I, I, that's all I need to know. <laughs> so they don't fight stars, nope, they're the, well, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you know, but but you know, lovable after after mm. you get to know them, lovable, um, intimidating, but lovable. Oh, Tyler is super intimidating, Tyler. Which is why I made him Neelix off of Voyager. Okay. So the premise of Voyager is that a starship gets flung across the whatever and they have to spend a million years coming home. And they're trying to find a way back home. Okay. That's it. Uh, as they get flung over there, they meet the first fucking person they meet is just a dude, <laughs> like an alien dude from the whatever quadrant they're in. Right. And he's like, Yeah, I kind of know my way around here. <laughs> and they're like, Well, do you want to come with? He's like, Yeah, I can cook. <laughs> They're just recruiting hitchhikers? He he gloms on... No, because they need someone, because this is the first time anyone's ever been to this galaxy. So they're like, 
uh, or this quadrant. And so he's like, yeah, I, I, I might know a few things about this right. place. And he's like kind of like a junk trader slash like odd job man. And so he joins the band, quote unquote, Voyager, after like the inciting incident and uh-huh. then just kind of like hangs around the whole time. <laughs> he's the he's has some episodes kind of but he's never like the only kind of episode i remember him being like the the front and center on was when he gets like melded with the first officer of the ship not the first officer uh the t- the science officer of the ship he's a weird looking you guy. did not mention that he is horrifying <laughs> yeah he is a kind of kind of a guy he's sure. kind of a guy yeah so uh yeah so he gets melded and then the captain has to put them to death okay so. but yeah uh, two two licks are Neelix. Luvox. Oh, no, Neelix is his name, but like oh, oh. Tuvix, I think, is the, is oh, like the, the, I see. the transport okay. accident guy. But yeah, he's uh, he's just hanging around making... Does he not have a family? He's just like, take me away. He's got a 12-year-old girlfriend. Oh! <laughs> but she's from a race that grows up really fast uh, uh, and only lives to like age 30, so you gotta okay. date them when they're 12. Okay. Boy, this guy <laughs> looks like the kind of guy who would have a 12-year-old girlfriend. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, uh, TK, I hope we upset you. <laughs> Thanks a lot for your question. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> Don't kill me, the killer. All right, Ev, we done did it. We did did it. A big bowl episode. Big a big boy bo- episode. A big bowl of episodes. Happy Halloween. <laughs> a big bowl of episodes. This episode is coming out on like November 9th. If this episode was a bowl, what would it be filled with? Oh. Sprinkles. Mm, it's just sprinkles. a bowl full of jimmies. <laughs> sprinkles all the way down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Glitter, I... glitter and sprinkles glittery sprinkles sounds yes. good yeah, yeah. and so good. when you shit you're gonna have quite a shit tonight my friend after listening to this episode everybody's gonna have digestive issues yummy yummy in my tummy if you were a bowl what would you be uh-oh we're starting another episode now. <laughs> if i was a bowl what would i be pre-episode banter yeah a bowl of anything yeah uh probably prime rib Ooh, yum yum just a bowl of it wow all ground up into a hamburger then made into a hamburger patty then nice. a hamburger in the bowl that's a big hamburger just one huge bowl full of hamburger well there's a full-on hamburger oh okay i see you just like shoved a hamburger down in the bowl. got it got it i got a little bit of everything in me you but do. deep down i'm prime rib baby <laughs> take take you take your widow out for a prime rib dinner at As the I local always, uh casino so i always say roast beef king of all <laughs> we've come full circle on this 1 a.m record oh, we'll see you again in w- wait you have to plug no, so you get one. <laughs> one week